Hi, this is Corey Turner. And along with my wife, Simone, we are the senior pastors of Numa Church. I wanted to thank you for listening to our podcast today. You're about to hear a message from one of our team that we pray builds your faith and empowers you to follow Jesus more closely. Enjoy the message. Why don't don't you just lift your hands right now? Father, God, we just thank you in advance for what you're going to do in these next 40 minutes, Father. We just... Father, thank you that literally in this place, miracles are going to happen. Father, I declare right now that people that have walked in with depression are going to walk out with joy. Father, people that have walked in with anxiety are going to walk out with peace. Father, people that have walked in with addictions are going to walk out with absolute freedom, God. Father, we just thank you right now. And I pray that every heart would be ministered to in a powerful way tonight. Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Let's give God another shout of praise. You know, if uh, I might just get you to keep playing just for a little bit, but you know, you can grab your seats. Uh, if you've never heard me speak before, I actually grew up here in Melbourne. I was on drugs pretty hard. Uh, haven't used drugs now for about, it's been about four and a half weeks. Uh, <laughs> So pray for me, because this is normally the, 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 no, I'm just messing with you. But I, I grew up in Melbourne, I was on a heap of drugs. I ended up with drug-induced psychosis, hearing voices, suicidal, the television would speak to me. Almost took my life at 19, moved to the Gold Coast when I was 21, uh, actually to get off drugs. I wasn't the smartest young man, moving to surface paradise to get off drugs. But thankfully God had a plan and an auntie that had been praying for me for 17 years. Don't ever underestimate the power of prayer. Someone standing in the gap for 17 years and after 17 years of prayer, her prayer was finally answered. I had a radical encounter with Jesus on the Gold Coast. I was set free from mental illness. I was set free from every addiction in a moment. And God's just been so good. I just recently traveled for about nine years all around the world. We lived in America for about four years and really have mainly been known for helping people encounter freedom. Uh, We just planted a church on the Gold Coast just called Celebrate Church. If you're ever visiting the Gold Coast, come and see us. Uh, But Celebrate Church on the Gold Coast and God took us back to the place where it all started, where we got radically saved, where we met, where we got married. But even as a minister, it was in 2019 that even the way I ministered started to change. And I'm gonna, we're gonna, I'm gonna spend 10 minutes at the end really ministering to people and seeing people get radically free. And, and something happened in 2019 for me personally, where I had my own freedom experience, where God set me radically free. I'd been traveling for, at that time, I don't know, seven years all over the world mainly seeing people cry and encounter the presence of God and inner healing. But something happened to me where I actually got free of something that I didn't even realise I needed to be free of. They got free of oppression within my mind that I'd carried my entire life. And so it happened for me in January 26, 2019. But it was March, the first weekend in March, where I ministered publicly two months after, and this was the first time something changed publicly. The amazing thing is that particular weekend I was ministering in Chicago 
And it was exactly seven years to the day that I had started becoming an itinerant preacher. See, the number seven in the Bible is a completed season and the number eight is a new beginning. It was literally the first weekend of a new beginning and something that had never happened in a sense, in this sense, happened for the first time. And this was the first time that night, was the first time that I shared the story of my personal freedom experience in January 19, which I'm gonna share with you at the very end of this sermon. So I shared that for the first time in this church in Chicago. It was kind of a, a cool church, a little bit seeker sensitive, not strong on the power of God, not, not opposed to it. And so I shared the story that I'll share with you at the end. And it was actually after the service, we kind of, I moved in the spirit a bit and people were crying and getting touched and someone fell down. And, but then it was after the service that one by one people started coming to me and, and saying, hey, when you shared that story, I identified with that kind of oppression and I prayed for this person. And, and as I prayed, the, the person meant something just lifted, something shifted. And then again, I prayed for the next person, the next person, the next person, just started to see things shift. It, it ended up where I got to this young lady, and this is a bit of a kind of out there graphic story. But I got to her and I was holding her hand and I said, hey, what, what do you need? And she's already crying. And, you gotta understand this is after the service. Most people have already gone off into the foyer and there's just the interns packing up and, and a few people left. And she says, when I was a girl from the age of 13 to 16, I was made to be a sex slave amongst the family men within my, within my family. She said, at 18, I married a man who I thought was my Prince Charming, but he was a pedophile. He raped me most nights. He made me watch child pornography. This girl is, is crying and, and I said, well, we're gonna pray. And as I hold her hand, I start saying, in the name of Jesus. And literally the power of God hits this girl where she literally falls to the floor, but she starts to manifest in the most violent way that I'd seen. She literally starts to shake and, 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 and violently shake and then start to speak to me in a man's voice saying, I will not come out. And she's like violently shaking, speaking in a man's voice. Again, it's a bit of a seeker sensitive church. The intern's jaws were on the ground. People were freaking out. To be honest, I was a little bit freaked out. Because I'm like, man, I hope this thing comes out. And we prayed for maybe 10 minutes and we're praying as this thing violently shook this girl, speaking profanities to us. And after 10 minutes, probably one of the most beautiful experiences I've ever encountered, where after 10 minutes, she stops and she starts weeping. And all she can say is, I'm free, I'm free, I'm free. I'm free. This girl, she went to work the next day. I've got a testimony on, on video, but it's too graphic to show because she goes into too much detail. But she goes to work on Monday and all of her non-Christian friends keep coming up to her one by one, saying, what, what, what is it? You, you look different. What, what have you done? You've done something to you. Is it your hair? Is it your foot? What have you done? And literally people that weren't even saved could see that she was radically set free from something that had been oppressing her her whole life. 
It wasn't even her fault that she was oppressed, but because of the darkness of what people had lured her into, that, that they, these, this demon had literally become a part of who she was. I want to read from John 8, verse 10 to 11. And this message is called Taking Territory. Have we got that scripture somewhere? It says, in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such. I don't think that's verse one. Is that, can we go to verse one? Yeah, that's right. Jesus went to the Mount of Olives at dawn. He appeared again in the temple courts where all the people gathered around him. And he sat down there to teach them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees, whenever the Bible speaks of the teachers of the law and the Pharisees, it's speaking about a religious spirit. You know, I would say I have a holy hatred toward a religious spirit. Because the thing about at least the spirit of lust, when a spirit of lust appears to someone and entices them, at least that person knows that they're giving in to something that is not right. But a religious spirit, it dresses up in the name of Christianity, in the name of God. But it's just as evil, if not more so, than a spirit of lust. Because it's never about lifting up and giving life. It's always about choking and taking life. <coughs> and it says that they brought in a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand. Oh, sorry, go back. They made her stand. They made her stand before the group and said, teacher, this woman was caught. Just leave it there for a moment, in the act of adultery. So you've got to understand that th this is not in the Western world. This, this woman was dragged by the hair naked through the street. Th this was a setup, this moment, to test Jesus. Th this woman was chosen. She most probably had a promiscuous reputation. And they, they planned to have her caught in the act in this moment so that they could test Jesus. I mean, don't you find it funny that there's no man appearing before everyone? Who knows you can't commit adultery by yourself? You kind of need someone else involved. And she was dragged, you gotta understand that when she was dragged, she knew that this meant certain death. She most likely knew other women that had been caught doing the same thing and she knew of their fate that it was to be stoned to death, picked up stones and thrown at her until her skull was crushed. And she was being dragged to this fate. Next scripture. It says, in the law, Moses commanded us. See, I hate that religious spirit because a religious spirit will use scripture. And you can take scripture and turn it into a hammer that beats and knocks down instead of being something that lifts up and speaks life. See, this religious spirit, it's always about exposing sin. See, Jesus' first preference is always to cover sin. The Bible says love covers a multitude of sin. But a religious spirit wants to expose and call out people's weakness. And it says, now what do you say? They were using this question as a trap in order to have basis for accusing Him. See, these religious people were standing as men of God, but they were speaking accusation. The Bible says that the devil is the accuser of the brethren. So they were saying they stand for God, but they were speaking the devil's language. But Jesus bent down, He started right on the ground with His finger. 
When they kept questioning, he straightened up and he said to them, let any one of you who's without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. I love this. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time, the older ones first. See, I love that because the longer that you've been a Christian, the more you realise you need Jesus. When I first became a Christian, I thought it'd be the other way around. The, the, the more I'd been a Christian, the more I'd not need Jesus. But really what I've learned is the longer I've been alive, the more mistakes I've made, and the more I realise every day that I need Jesus. The older ones left. With the woman standing there, Jesus straightened up and He asked the woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you. Jesus declared, now go and leave your life of sin. You can leave it there for a moment. See, 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 I love this and it's kind of the crux of what I'm about to speak. Because religion, religion says you better stop sinning or you'll be condemned. Jesus says, I don't condemn you. Now go and stop sinning. See how one is fear, you better not sin or condemnation is waiting for you. Jesus says, no, let me tell you, before you've even done anything, I want you to know that you're not condemned. You're a child of the Most High God. You are loved, you are valued, you are beautiful. And it's actually when you understand who you are that you become empowered to live a life of not sinning. This is even true in psychology where they call it the cycle of addiction. And sometimes it's perplexing to think, why would someone keep being in an addiction that's causing so much destruction? But the cycle of addiction is someone does something that they know they shouldn't do for that hit of dopamine. But then once the dopamine goes, they're now left with guilt and shame and condemnation. They feel so bad that the only way that it can escape feeling that bad is to go after another hit of dopamine. And there it is, the cycle of addiction. And the thing that I love, because religion, it only wants to deal with the surface level. Well, he's got a problem with porn or, or, or he gets too angry or she does this or she does that. But Jesus isn't about surface level. Jesus wants to deal with what's fueling the behaviour. See, when He tells this young lady that she's not condemned, He understands that the thing that was causing her to live this wrong life is because she had felt condemned her whole life. I don't know this to be true, but statistics would say it's likely that this young lady, well, she was obviously promiscuous. She was chosen for this task because she had a history. And often in this case, not always, but maybe her dad wasn't around. Maybe when she was young, there was a young punk that, you know, convinced her to give her virginity away. But as soon as she gave it, he told everybody at school what type of girl she was. She had had no daddy to tell her that she was beautiful, that she was valuable, that she was loved, that she deserved the best. So when Jesus speaks to her, He doesn't deal with the behaviour of the sexual sin. He speaks to the heart issue. He says, honey, I need you to understand, you're not condemned, you're not disqualified. You're a daughter of the Most High God. You've got a destiny, you've got a purpose. I'm gonna use you in a pain. He was communicating to the very thing that was fueling the wrong behaviour. I wanna quickly give you three things. Three things that fuel behaviour in our lives that all of us don't like. 
The first one is this, and it's so common, it's the hurts of the past that we all have to deal with. Being human means you're gonna get hurt. And for this lady, when she was asked the question of, Jesus said, who's left to condemn you? She could have missed out on a miracle if she lived in her past. Because what she could have said, is she could have said, well, don't get me started on who's condemned me, Jesus. We don't know how many men were standing there condemning her, but let's just say there was 30. She could have said, well, what about the 30 men that were standing here like three minutes ago saying that I should be dead? Or don't get me started on my dad who left mum when I was a little girl or or, or the the guy at school that told everyone about me or the teacher that said I'd never succeed. But she chose to let go of the past and live in the moment with Jesus. See, See, this happens in marriage. Every now and again, my wife and I will have a heated discussion. That's Christian for argument. And sometimes she'll do things or say things that are trigger points and very annoying to me. And I'll I'll let anger rise up on the inside. And most times I'm smart enough to walk away. Not always. But I'll walk away and I'm angry about what she said. And and then I'll I'll think about it. I'll think, man, like it's, it's weird because what she said, yes, it was annoying and it was a trigger, but it was like a two out of 10. But my anger in my heart was like, it was an eight. And it doesn't make sense. Like how does two equal uh, eight? Well, the only way two equals eight if there's still the two that happened two months ago and the three that happened a week ago and the the, the one that happened yesterday and and then all of a sudden two actually does equal eight. Because if you don't deal with past hurts, they'll come out in other areas of your life. I was praying for this lady, a friend of mine, they pastor a church in Schenectady, New York. And this, the, the, the pastor's wife, she had a, a major fear and major anxiety. And, and, and it mainly manifested where she couldn't hop on aeroplanes. And she'd, she'd have panic attacks. And I prayed and I spoke about fear and she came to me and she said, she, she shared at the end of the service, she said, I've really experienced major anxiety. She said, my 17-year-old daughter is starting to, to, to act in exactly the same behaviours. And I said, well, I said, let's meet tomorrow, you and your husband, and we'll, we're going to pray into this. And it's amazing because that night she goes to bed and she has a dream about something that happened 20 years ago. And a family friend, her mum's boss, minded her for the day on their local farm and he sexually abused her. She never told anyone, she told her husband 10 or 15 years ago when they first got married, but hadn't talked about it again. And so we start to pray and she starts to bring up this past hurts. And we're able to minister and let the Holy Spirit bring healing to her heart. And then take her to this moment where she forgives the man that sexually abused her. See, if you find that hard to deal with, that's okay, I understand that, but it just means you don't fully understand the power of forgiveness. Because forgiving someone doesn't mean you're saying what they did was okay. It just means that you're saying, I'm not gonna let the evil you did dictate the rest of my life, so I'm gonna release myself from the prison of unforgiveness. The second thing is that Jesus helps with this 
the lady and it fuels behaviours that we don't like, is destructive mindsets. So again, Jesus is speaking to the mindset, the, 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 the thing that she'd believed about herself, that I'm unworthy, I'm disqualified, I'm condemned. And He replaces the mindset, like what I've already said, by telling her she's not condemned. He was trying to communicate that she's a daughter of the Most High God, that she's not who her sin is that she's precious, that she's valuable, that she's the apple of God's eye, that she's fearfully and wonderfully made. As I was praying for that pastor's wife and there was a whole lot of tears and it was a big moment for her to forgive the man that did that terrible thing to her. We were just about to wrap up and felt like, well, it's been done here. She's been ministered to. And then God kind of gave me a word of knowledge and and, 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 and He reminded me that her fear manifests in not being able to hop on an aeroplane. And I said, hang on a sec, before we go, I want you to just repeat this prayer. I want you to say, God, thank you that I can trust you to protect me. And she went from being all normal to, God, thank you. God, thank you. She couldn't say the words. And understandably so, because as a 13-year-old little girl, she developed a mindset, a belief system that said you can't trust God to protect you. And why would I hop on a tin can that flies through the sky if you fundamentally believe you can't trust God to protect you? She then put in the work to renew her mind and spent 21 days doing a course that we run called A Freedom Experience. And she did that for 21 days and renewed her mind. And today that lady's 100% free of all anxiety. She's flying on aeroplanes. Her daughter's not walking in mum's footsteps. Her daughter is free also. See, whether it's a victim mentality, whether it's that's keeping you bound or some kind of mindset, it, it could be a hurt of the past, a mindset. And then the last one that we're gonna talk about, I'm gonna share as part of my story in just a moment, is the last one, and we, we don't talk about this one a lot in the church world, but, but it's oppression, demonic oppression. You know, in the 80s, it probably went a little bit crazy, like there was a demon under every bush. Somebody sneezed, he's got a demon. But in the world we live in today, it's gone the complete opposite that demons now don't exist. They've all disappeared. Where'd they all go? Or or we've demonised demons. Where where, uh, the homeless guy that's yelling profanities, he's got a demon. But the devil is so much more sneaky than that. He, he, He oppresses Christians, believers, and he hides. And what he does, see to me, demonic oppression is simply this, is when the devil has found a legal right to speak. And when he does it and he speaks, he doesn't speak as him, he speaks as you. Because then you're the problem. And so often we're trying to counsel a demon to, to try and be nicer. It's like this, to put it simply. The Bible says that if you go to bed angry and the sun goes down, the Bible says that you give the devil a foothold, a stronghold. But how does that look? If Jackie and I have an argument 
and I go to bed, I don't deal with her and I, and I, I stay angry at her. And the next morning I wake up and, and as she walks past and she just says something normal, like, what are you, what are you having for breakfast? And then there's a, a, a voice that says, what does she really mean when she says that? What about her tone? Come on, married people, you know about tone. And that's as simple as it is, right? Because now the devil has a legal right to speak, but he speaks as if he's me. Because then I think I'm the problem. You know, there's that picture in the, the Bible where the, the man is forgiven. He's forgiven the amount of money that he owes. And if you work out the, the money, it's the equivalent of an unpayable amount but the master forgives him. He says, you're free, you don't have a debt anymore. And then remember, he finds a guy that owes him the equivalent of today's money, about five grand. And that guy also begs and says, please forgive me. And he says, no, put him in the jail until he's paid back every cent. And the master finds out, he brings him back. And he says, away with you, you wicked servant. I forgave you of an unpayable debt, but you wouldn't forgive someone of a payable debt and he says, throw him away where the tormentors will have their way with him. It's a picture of demonic oppression because when you're offended at someone, you release the enemy to oppress you because it's so hypocritical that you were forgiven an unpayable debt, a debt that you never ever could have paid no matter how hard you tried, that God forgave you an unpayable debt and now you've found someone that's done something bad to you and you refuse to forgive them, the tormentors are released to speak. But they don't speak as them, they speak as you. It was... 2019, January 26. And the church that we're a part of in America called Awaken Church with Pastor Jürgen and Pastor Leanne. It's probably the first time I've been in an environment where they would often speak about demonic oppression. One Sunday a year, they would do this Freedom Sunday where they'd talk about all the ways that you can get demonically oppressed. When you look at pornography, let, let me tell you, you're not just looking at something on a screen. There's stuff behind the stuff that you're opening yourself up to. When you get involved with different drugs or see different things, or, and they talk about the many ways that you can become oppressed. And if I'd be honest, for 20 years, I would always struggle with feeling unworthy, not good enough, condemned. And, and, and if I'd be honest, there were times if things were going bad in my life, I'd get up and preach and, and put on a show in a sense and, but then on Monday, I'd be struggling where if things were going bad, the, the condemnation, the noise was debilitating. But, but even when I was doing good and had amazing doors open and preaching and, and I was feeling good, but it was like there was this, this song of negativity, of condemnation that was a few rooms down. I could always hear the song. You're not good enough. You're unworthy. And so I was away preaching, but I listened to the podcast of this Freedom Sunday, our campus pastor preached. It was the first time where I thought to myself, I wonder if I'm oppressed. Because I'd been trying to renew my mind for 20 years on every self-worth scripture that you could imagine, but still kept going back to this moment. And so I rang a friend at the church. I said, hey, would you 
pray with me. And I opened up and I got real. And See, if you don't take your mask off, you can't get healed. Too many people are wearing Christian masks. But the way you get healed is to take it off and show the real you. And I sat and we prayed. And I get impressions a lot when I minister to people. It's just an impression. It's a feeling. It's a, I kind of see something, but not really visions. But while he's praying for me, I literally have a vision. It's like my eyes are closed, but I'm watching a movie. And I see this underground kind of sewer system. And and there's this uh, tunnel and there's these barn doors. And I see the tunnel and the barn doors and I hear the doors and they go, and they close. And as soon as they close, I hear a voice on the inside that says there was darkness behind the doors. And as soon as they close, I felt joy for about 10 seconds, literally like I was injected with joy. I went, like I literally felt pure liquid joy come over my whole body. And, and, and I was freaked out. I said to the guy, I go, man, something just happened. And he goes, yeah, I felt it too. And I went away. I remember sitting at Starbucks, January 19. Sorry, 2009, January 26. And I said, anything, man, something happened. That, that, was, that, that was something different that just happened. So I got home and the next morning I get up and I was preaching at our home church. We had four or five campuses, the one I was a part of. And my family went to our normal one where we go, but I was preaching at a different one which had a later service. So I was home by myself. I'll never forget it. I got up and I went to have a shower the next morning and I walk in the bathroom No one's home. And as I walk in the bathroom, it was like I walked into a wall and I was overwhelmed by how quiet our house was. Freaked me out, like how quiet the house is. And then I realised that it wasn't the quiet of the house, but it was the quiet of the house, that the noise had become a part of who I was and just became so normal that I thought it was normal to have constant noise of negativity within my mind. But that was the first time where all of a sudden the noise was gone. And really what I believe is is most times when people get set free of oppression, yes, there are the crazy stories like what I shared about about the the young lady who got set free, but most times, 99% of the time, it's just simply closing doors. I didn't have some crazy manifestation, but there was a door that had been opened in my life, probably through rejection and drugs and different things. And that night, all that happened is the door closed. And I wanna pray for people in this place that just relate. And you know, when I started doing this message, I would get dumbfounded each time because I would open the altar like I'm gonna do in a moment. And I'd get people to lift their hands and it was like 80, 90% of people would say, hey, I I relate to what you talk. And and, and then I'd say it again, hang on, no, I don't think you understand what I'm saying. And everywhere I go, there'd be like 80 to 90% of people. See, See, and whether for you it's manifesting in some form of anxiety, some kind of depression, some kind of addiction that you just feel powerless and you don't even know why you keep going back to it, but you keep finding yourself back at this same place. You know, the Bible calls the spirit of fear. You know what a spirit is? A spirit's a person. 
I'm a spirit. One day the spirit of Lucas Connor will be in heaven and he has certain distinctions and things about him that God made. And a spirit of fear is the same as a person, but it's a terrible person. It's a worst case scenario person. It's a negative person that only speaks negativity in worst case scenario. See, you know when you're oppressed, remember Samson? And he was grinding the, the, the millstone thing and he had his eyes gouged out, he lost his strength. You know you're oppressed because you start to lose vision. You start to lose your strength. But then the other picture, which is amazing, what was he doing? He, he kept going around the same millstone. I wonder if there's something in your life where you keep going, hey man, I, I reckon I've been here before. Man, I'm back here again. I, I, I reckon I've been, I, I've dealt with this thing before. This, this insecurity, this fear, this addiction, this, I, man, I've done this. You keep going around the same mountain. I wonder if you keep going around the same mountain that there actually might be something fueling. So I wanna ask every person to stand to your feet. And I'm gonna lead you through some stuff. We've got 10 minutes. If, if we could put the 10 minute timer up, that'd be great. But just with every head bowed and every eye closed, I wonder if you're here right now and you say, Lucas, if I be honest, as you're talking about this, I, I feel like there might be some oppression in my life. Just with every eye closed. And you say, Lucas, I, I, want, you to, I want you to include me in the prayers that you're gonna pray because I just feel like there's some stuff in my life. And like I said, it might not be major sin, it might be fear, it might be major insecurity, it could, it could be anything. But if that's you, I want you to lift your hand right now. Yeah, there's people all over this place, yeah. And again, probably 70, 80% of the people. Here's what I wanna do. I'm gonna lead you in three things and then I'm gonna pray and then we're done. But here's what I wanna do first. I wanna ask every single person that lifted their hand and there's about 70%. I want you to make your way to the altar right now. Just come to the altar and we're gonna pray. Doesn't matter if you're a leader. Listen, I, I, was, I was nine years on the road preaching around the world. I'm gonna do three things that are gonna lead you in something so that you're gonna partner with me. And then I'm gonna pray with authority and power and we're gonna see stuff shift. first two things we're going to do is we're going to close doors. Don't you think it's funny that in the Lord's Prayer that Jesus said to do daily, which we never do, but He said to do it daily, two of the things that He said to do is forgive those who have done stuff against you and repent of your sins. He said to do that daily. Why? Because they're the two things that leave doors open. If we just did the Lord's Prayer every day and genuinely sat down and said, God, this is what I've done. I repent, I'm sorry, I close the door. And Father, this person that's hurt me, I choose to forgive them. So we're gonna do those two things. Just keep your eyes closed. Firstly, right now, I want you to, you're gonna, I'm gonna get you to lead you in a prayer. And I'll tell you what it is first, but you simply, we're gonna ask God to show me anyone that I need to forgive. For some people, this is gonna be incredibly hard. For some people, what you need to understand is one of the people you need to forgive is actually yourself. Because there's a spirit of self-hatred that you're wrestling with and it's because you give grace to everyone else, but you won't give grace to yourself. So right now, repeat after me, say, Father, show me anyone in my life that I have an offence toward and help me to forgive them. 
in Jesus' name. Amen. Now right now, as He starts to bring people forward in your life, this is I'm going to give you a minute now to do business with God. I already see people just weeping. You just simply, as He brings someone to the forefront of your mind, maybe you were abused. Maybe dad left, maybe mum left, maybe you were treated bad. Whatever it is, as it comes up, you don't have to say it out loud, but just within your heart, say, Father, I choose to forgive whoever it is for whatever they did. And I repent of being offended. Just right now, I'm gonna give you a minute. There it is, just do business with God. Let go of the offence. Forgive the person. Forgive yourself. There it is. So many people just with tears right now. Come on, this is beautiful. It's beautiful. It's healing right now. It's healing. It's healing. Just let it go. Come on, let it go. For some, it's your wife. Maybe it's a partner that left you. Maybe it's a business person that deceived you. Maybe a best friend that dishonored you. Maybe a mom or dad that abandoned you. Just let it go. Just let it go. Come on, I'll just give you a little bit more time. There it is. Just let it go. Come on, just let it go. Let it go. Let it go. And now just repeat after me. Say, Father, I forgive every person that has done wrong by me. And God, I ask you to forgive me for having offence in my heart. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now what I want you to do, same thing. It's just going to be between you and God. It is The other thing is unrepented sin. Now again, you don't have to dredge up every wrong thing you've ever done in your life. If you've already come to a place where you've said sorry, that's done. But if there's an area in your life that you are living in unrepented sin, that you are living in lifestyle of sin, that's giving the devil a legal right to speak and oppress. But again, it's simple. It's just closing the door. God, forgive me. God, I've been looking at pornography. God, I I pray right now that you would forgive me and help me to be free. Or God, I've been living in sexual sin. God, forgive me. Or, Or whatever it is. Again, you don't need to do it out loud. But repeat after me. Say, Father, show me any unrepented sin that I have in my life. Even stuff that I don't know. Reveal it to me now. Help me to repent. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right, now just do that. Just whatever He brings up. As He brings it up, just simply don't beat yourself up. Just whatever He brings up, say, God, I'm sorry. I repent. I turn away from this. Thank You that You forgive me right now. Thank You that You forgive me. Just right now, just repent. Whatever it is, whatever, it might be little, it might be major. It doesn't matter. The blood of Jesus covers it. Do business with God, let it go. We're just closing doors so the enemy has no more power. I tell you what, I'm telling you this, I'm telling you, I can feel it. Stuff's gonna start to come out of people in just a moment. But before I get to that, there's one last thing where often people, this one won't be for everyone, but I wanna minister a little bit of healing because one of the biggest ways the devil comes in and oppresses is through trauma. Because when we're traumatized, we're kind of open. And the devil's such a loser where he comes in those hurt moments, those vulnerable moments. Remember helping a young girl get free, had major anxiety because she had a car accident because she was on the phone. 
But when her dad came, who should have been the person, a comforter, he, he yelled at her and said, you stupid girl, you've wrecked your life because you've been on the phone. And as we brought healing to that traumatic experience, you're set free of all anxiety. So this one won't be for everyone, but if you know that your oppression, the thing you're struggling with is directly linked to a traumatic experience, it could be a divorce, it could be an accident, it could be a death, whatever it is, I want you to lift your hand and I'm gonna pray. Yeah, a lot of people. Holy Spirit, I just, just let me pray. Father, I just pray right now for healing to come. God, to every traumatic experience right now. God, we ask, there it is, there it is, there it is. We ask you for supernatural. There it is. Yeah, you're getting free. You're getting free. Hey, you're getting free. Hey, you're getting free in the name of Jesus. You're getting free. You're getting free in the name of Jesus. Right now, there's freedom. God, for every person right now. God, the healing touch of Jesus right now. There it is. There it is. There it is. Come on, just receive right now. If you've got your hand raised just for a moment, just receive healing from that traumatic experience. Oh, I thank you. I see the love of the Father. I see the kiss of heaven right now. I see the kiss of heaven right now on that traumatic, that ugly, that, that, that terrifying experience. I see the, the kiss of heaven, the kiss of heaven, making it better, making it better, making it better. That's what I see. I just see that picture so clearly that, you know, when a little kid falls over and there's a graze, there's a wound, and it just takes the kiss of a parent to make it feel better, which doesn't actually make any sense. But I see your wound. I see your trauma. And I see the kiss of heaven. I see the Father saying, you know what? I'm just the kiss of heaven right now. Paragon. Healing. There it is. Beautiful. Beautiful. Now, here's what we're going to do in the last few minutes. Up until this point, I've ministered in a pastoral way because it's a human filled with the Spirit ministering to a brother or a sister. And so I've spoken in a gentle, loving way. But now that we've closed doors, I'm going to speak in a more authoritative way. And all I want you to do is receive. See, sometimes... What we need is a brother or sister to do the heavy lifting on our behalf. I'm thankful that I've had that brother that met with me on January 26th that did the heavy lifting for me. And so I'm gonna speak now, but I'm gonna speak in a more aggressive way because I'm not speaking to you anymore. I'm gonna speak to the thing that has been hindering you and oppressing. And I'm gonna command in the name of Jesus that today that thing lifts off of you and you literally go home like I did going, something is brand new, right? So all I want you to do right now, you don't even need to speak in tongues. I just, I want you right now to be in receive mode right now. I'm gonna let go. Sometimes people cough. Sometimes people just feel like a, a, a let go. Like I'm, I'm letting go of this thing that I've been carrying. So I'm gonna pray right now. Father, I come right now in the name, not of Lucas Connell, but I come in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the King of heaven, the name that is above every single name. I come in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And right now I command that every demon, that every devil, I command that you will leave in the name of Jesus Christ. I loose the power of God. I speak right now to every spirit of fear in the name of Jesus Christ. I tell anxiety and fear that you will leave in the name of Jesus Christ, that you will go 
in the name of Jesus Christ. I speak to the spirit of heaviness, of depression, of suicide, and I say, your days are numbered. You are finished in the name of Jesus Christ. I command you lift in the name of Jesus. I speak to every spirit of addiction, every lustful spirit. I say today, you are done. You are no more. You are finished. I speak to every substance addiction. I speak to self-hatred. I speak to the spirit of insecurity. I break your power in the name of Jesus Christ. I loose the power of God right now. I loose the power of God right now. I loose the power of God right now. Thank you for joining us for this message today. We don't assume that every person listening has a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And so today, we invite you to begin following Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. The Bible teaches that every one of us has been created for a relationship with God. Sin has separated us from that relationship, but God loved us so much that He gave us His one and only Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus lived, died and rose again, conquering sin, Satan and death itself. If we believe in our hearts that God has raised Jesus from the dead and we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. So if you are ready to pray in faith, turning away from your sin and believing in Jesus for your salvation, please pray this prayer. Dear Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God and I ask you to forgive me and cleanse my heart from all of my sin. I receive by faith the free gift of eternal life, and I ask that you would fill me with the Holy Spirit. I thank you that I am born again as a child of God and that you have made me a new creation in Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you have prayed that prayer for the first time, we would love to know and help connect you to a local church in your area. You can contact us on our website, numa.church. Thank you for listening.